Hi, if you'd like to learn how to take the Camino home with you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Brendan Bolton and welcome to Project Camino, the podcast where I interview people from all over the world about their experiences on the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage walk in northern Spain. The podcast is about the walk itself, but most importantly, the lessons that are learnt by my guests when they're doing it and how they manage to take those lessons home with them when they get back to the reality of their everyday lives. So join me here on Project Camino and find out how our guests take the pilgrim life back home with them. Abigail Smith is from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she has a bachelor's degree in business and a minor in biblical studies. She was working for the family business doing customer service and marketing before she walked part of the Camino del Norte in 2016. This journey transformed her life, and now she serves as a director of connections at the Wooddale Church in Minneapolis. She wrote a blog to keep track of her emotions and experiences on each of her 24 days on the Camino, where she covered 702 kilometres, took over half a million steps, and drank 75 shots of espresso coffee. Her red wine intake, however, was not documented. As she was trekking, she wrote down some principles that she was going to start applying to her life after Spain, and today she is sharing them with us. I'm here with Abigail Smith, who walked the Camino Norte in 2016 from San Sebastian to Santiago. How are you today, Abigail? I'm doing well, and you can call me Abby. Okay, cool. As usual, I start the show with a statement about how I view the Camino and how this show relates to the pilgrimage. This show is about the 800-kilometer Camino de Santiago pilgrim walk across northern Spain, but it's about much more than that. It is a show about the lessons that are learned on the Camino and how people take them home with them when they get back to the real world. To me, the Camino is a wonderful metaphor for life, that it doesn't give you what you want, it gives you what you need. So, Abby, what is your take on that? Those words are exactly it. It's, it wasn't what I had expected at all, but in all the ways I didn't know, it was exactly what I needed. So looking at your blog, some of the things you spoke about on that were early on in the Camino, you pushed your body and then mm-hmm. realized that there was a lesson to be learned from this. So what was the unexpected lesson you got in that regard? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I hadn't trained as well as I should have. Uh, and the first couple of days, I went a lot further than I should have. My body had been telling me, like, slow down. But the way that I operate is I just bulldoze right through. And that has been a challenge in my entire life. So it was about day four or something on my 23 days that I had to take a rest day. I was so disappointed in myself that I had to stop so early and and take it easy. But just taking that day and realizing that my body knows what it needs and needs time to rest as well as, as push. It turned out to be really healthy for me and it kind of gave a paradigm shift for the rest of my walk where I wasn't pushing myself as hard, but listening, listening to my ankles and to the blisters and, and to every part of my body to make sure that I was healthy. So you talk about mm-hmm. being really disappointed with yourself. That disappointment, mm-hmm. where did all that come from? I had anticipated doing the Camino with a girlfriend. And in my mind, I expected it to be a really fun adventure where we would drink wine and see the country. 
But she got a concussion the week before she flew over from the United States to Europe. And her doctor was like, oh, you can fly to Europe. So I ended up going by myself. And I think that was the first expectation that was not met, that I had to work through the disappointment. The first few days were not fun. It was it was just <laughs> a lot of work, you know. And so, yeah, it was my expectations that I had to change and and taking that disappointment and changing my mindset to be grateful for the opportunity and the silence and and just the time, you know, to the time to spend doing the Camino. On your blog, you talk about gratitude a lot. And mm -hmm. you said that it's crazy what comes up when you have lots of time to reflect. And you talk mm -hmm. about the solitude that you got on the Camino. So in this time of reflection, what came up for you? I don't know if it's just me or if it's an American thing or what, but I'm just always surrounded by noise. And yeah, to have the time just unplugged and, and thinking, and I spent a lot of time praying and just reflecting on my life. I, I made some major life decisions and really um, heard from God and was able to, to work through some like past relationship hurts and, and reconcile with some people when I got home. I ended up changing careers based on my experience, just realizing how important community is and the community that you make in the Camino is unlike any other. And so now I, I work full-time for a church, and, and my goal is to build that, that community for people that attend the church. So you change careers, yeah. and do you feel that the Camino gave you, you talk about the guidance that it gave you, did it also give you the strength to, to make that change? Because I'm assuming it, it may have been a difficult one from looking at um, your blog and, and seeing the mm -hmm. amount of time that you put into being in the, um, the, your original church, moving to another one? It was really difficult. I think being on the Camino, it taught me strength in a way that I didn't know I had before. The first time that I was truly alone in another country and, and had to just figure life out and, and trust you know, the arrows and trust my gut, trust strangers. And so um, making the transition to a new job, a new church, new friends. It takes, it took a lot of strength. It took a lot of courage to, to do that. And I think I realized on the Camino that I'm strong enough to make that move. So on the Camino, from what you're saying, you discovered that you had the strength to overcome your fear of whatever it mm. was. And you talk about community and the community, and mm -hmm. you mentioned the community on the Camino is unlike mm -hmm. any other that you've, yeah. that you've ever encountered. How mm -hmm. so? I started walking by myself, and then I realized what albergues were, where all the pilgrims stay at night. And you end up seeing the same people night after night, and, and you walk with some, and you don't walk with others. And, and by the end of the trip, every night... We were hanging out and eating together and cooking and seeing the different cities and talking about the paths and the walk that we had that day. And the group is so diverse. I don't think anybody that I met was from the same country within the group. I'm thinking one night I spent, the albergue was full and there was some pilgrims walking and they invited me to stay at an apartment that they're renting. And so there was a guy from Italy, Holland, Barcelona, another girl from Germany, and just the diversity and learning all about all the different cultures and cooking together was so fun and, and eating food from different parts of the world. And 
Yeah. And there was, there was no judgment. You know, we were all doing this together. We all smelled bad. We all, you know, wanted a glass of wine at the end of the night and talked about our families and our careers and the future and our uncertainty. Yeah. So the community was, was really cool. Yeah, it certainly sounds it. And it's an interesting one. You talk about the lack of the judgment or removing judgment. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to take that home with you, that, that ability to surgically remove judgment from your thought process now that you're back in the, the real world after the Camino? Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's hard because it's just so ingrained. But I'm so grateful to have the exposure to people from different walks of life and different religious beliefs and backgrounds and Along the walk, we were able to have uh, so many conversations about our beliefs and and uh, and where we came from. And yeah, I think the exposure to that has given me a new understanding, which really is what takes away the judgment when you just start to understand people. So I hope that I I hope that that has been a result of the Camino. I'm certainly more aware of, of the inner dialogue in my head and try and catch myself when I'm, when I'm being, you know, that judgmental person. Yeah. And sort of recalibrate your thought process. Yeah. It's an important thing to learn, I think, to have a more fulfilled mm-hmm. and sort of wholesome life. When you talk about yeah. your Camino family, they say that you gave you the courage to continue to enjoy the pain mm-hmm. and the loneliness. <laughs> so what, I mean, the physical pain on the Camino is a given, you know, everything hurts. Well, it certainly did for me anyway. Yeah, (laughs) from my toes to the top of my head hurt. But the loneliness and the solitude around that, what what was that for you Mm -hmm. on the Camino? It was partly because I had these expectations that I would be having a good time with my girlfriend. And then just to realize like the first few days, I didn't talk to anybody. And it was really lonely. And I just remember thinking like, oh, that rock looks nice. I could trip and break my ankle. And then I could go home and nobody would judge me for it. (laughs) I probably thought about that every single day. Yeah, I think that's what's given me such a passion and such a hunger for for other people not to have to feel that. You know, I want people to walk into my church and feel welcomed and like they have someone and like they belong. Because doing life and doing the Camino by yourself is, is really hard. Have you been able to mm-hmm. translate any of the lessons that you learned the Camino specifically to the people that you deal with on a daily basis in the church? Yeah, well, you know, kind of all of them because it's transformed me. And as the leader, um, I get to pour into the volunteers and, and create these teams to help people really feel part of something. So trying to, to not take shortcut and have the sometimes the difficult conversations, but always authentic and real conversations and keeping our gaze, you know, on God instead of like looking at our past or at our feet and, and where we are right now, but just knowing that we're part of something bigger and that we get to invite people into that community. So really all of them have just become part of who, of who I am and who I am as a leader. It's interesting that you talk about leadership now because you do mention that on your blog with regards to follow a leader and then lead a follower. Yeah. For the benefit of our listeners, can you please explain how you do that? So when we were walking, there was one day I was really confused and I saw Simone with a backpack and a shell that was way ahead of me. And so I just started following them, just blindly following them. And uh, and we got to a pier where we were going to jump on a, a, a trolley. Is that what it's called? to get uh, across 
this body of water. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so I started talking with this guy that I'm following and, and then someone comes up and they're like, Oh, I was so lost and I was following you and I'm glad you found it. And, and so I was, I was sitting there like, Oh man, this is such a life, a life application moment because I know for me, if I want to, if I want to be better as a person, as a leader, as a Christian, I need mentors and people in my life that are further along and are better than me that I can look up to and duplicate and get wisdom from and follow. It's interesting you say that because I had a similar one when I did the Camino and that yeah. I had this preconceived idea that I'd be able to walk, say, 25 kilometers or 30 kilometers a day in, say, six sure. and a half hours. And yeah. I, I just physically couldn't do it and there were people walking in front of me there were like ladies in their 70s who were overtaking me <laughs> and early yeah. on I was like this isn't the way it's supposed to be I'm supposed to right. be doing better than I am and it took me three mm. or four days to work out no Brendan you're doing mm. exactly what you're meant to be doing and it was a real yeah. like you said a light bulb moment so I totally understand mm -hmm. where you're coming from and the Camino forces you into situations I think where you you simply have to confront this sort of stuff you have no you have nowhere else to to go yeah. mm -hmm. and you talk about taking different situations that are difficult these difficult situations make us better so that we can love each other more because as you've said the whole point is love and mm -hmm. I, I think it's a wonderful wonderful metaphor for life as is the Camino and you say yeah. that the, the journey is too lonely to be without both of these things valuing your, your loved ones as well as making new connections that's good <laughs> well you wrote it <laughs> So yeah, the the, the, yeah. New, the new connections that you made on on the Camino with regards to the mm -hmm. community, as you know, the, we've discussed those. Talking about the the valuing and the, and the gratitude of your loved ones that were mm -hmm. already in your life. How how did the Camino mm -hmm. help with regards to that? Yeah, yeah. So so I was in Spain, you know, by myself, and my parents were so worried because they had expected you know uh, my friend to be there. So uh, they were checking in. And really encouraging me, and my my boyfriend at the time too. He, uh, when I wanted to pack up and leave one day because I had a bad experience, he really encouraged me just to stay and to to see it all the way through. And my sisters were just texting or and Facebooking me and just really really encouraging me. And I needed that. I needed uh, I needed the encouragement and the affirmation and just. Um, and just people to keep on pushing me because I didn't have enough of that in me to make it. So if they wouldn't have, I think I would have, I think I would have quit on like day four, you know, but then there was a hump that, that I got over about halfway and, and then there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, okay, I can make it now, you know, counting down the days. When you discuss that, it's interesting because I instantly hark back to my career as a coach and so many people mm -hmm. that I deal with stay stuck and they often convince themselves that making new connections and moving forward in life actually isn't necessary mm -hmm. and the beauty of the Camino is you are forced to a make new yeah. connections and you are forced to keep mm -hmm. going because if you don't then you right. then you quit and yeah. as you discovered anyone can quit but it's whether you really want to leave and go back to you know your home life or whatever knowing that you had mm -hmm. this amazing opportunity and you haven't taken yeah. it, and you haven't taken it i am even more grateful for those relationships and just trusting that they'll encourage me with each journey that i start so with a new career and 
you know, when I start like a family and everything, I just know that these people are going to be there to, to be by my side. So it was really sweet, uh, like confirmation of, of how wonderful the people in my life are. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to get that realization that you have mm-hmm. really good people in your life and they are always there yeah. for you. And sometimes we can lose sight of that. Are you disappointed mm-hmm. that you didn't marry the Italian chef? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. He was a great cook. <laughs> well, that's a good start. He ticks one box. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Tell me you at least kept in contact with him. You have his details just in case you change your mind. (laughs) No, no, no. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about your experience with the dolphins. Oh, yeah. So uh, so before I went on the Camino, I had been in Spain for two months um, in Barcelona and then Cadiz, which is on the Mediterranean. And, um, And I was looking for dolphins every day that we were on the sea. And I never saw them. And I was a little disappointed because they are my favorite animal. So we're on the Camino and walking and uh, I had met two friends. I now call them friends. I met two people from Florida. And every time we were by the ocean, which was most of the time, I was just scanning the, the ocean for dolphins. And and my friends were like, Abby, it's the Atlantic. It's way too cold. You're not going to see any dolphins. Like, give it up. Come visit us in Florida and we'll, we'll show you what dolphins are like. And so it was our very last day along, along the coast. We were about to go in towards Santiago. So I think it was like four days before we made it into town. We were on the ocean at Cathedral Beach, which was breathtaking. It was beautiful. And it was a cold day. So we were just there to to see the sights. And I asked them like, Oh, do you think we'll see dolphins? They roll their eyes. You're crazy. You're not going to see any. And of course, as we're walking up, someone shouts, there's dolphins. (laughs) And so, uh, everyone like runs off the bus and goes to the coast and, uh, watches these two dolphins kind of frolicking in the waves as they're coming in. And, because I had been looking for them and I like legit had been praying, God, I, I don't want to do this. Like, just give me a sign, show me a dolphin, like let this be confirmation that I should keep on walking. So it was, it was such a cool moment for me. It was really a, it was really a moment for me and God to connect. And I felt, I felt really special. I, I mean, it might sound really goofy, but uh, it was, it was a moment for me. You talk a lot in your blog about nature and the importance mm-hmm. and significance of reconnecting with nature. And on the Camino, again, you're forced to because you spend literally hours and hours each day walking along, mm-hmm. looking at the different landscapes and the different villages yeah. and the people. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the, the coastal route of the Camino that you did. And mm-hmm. um, what was the highlight of that for you? It was so beautiful. The ocean is on your right and the mountains are on your left. And there were so many moments where... I just stood there and I was like, oh, I need to take this in. A camera can't even capture what I'm seeing. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite moments was early on in my journey, I, I was walking up this mountain um, and it was just a skinny path. So one person uh, at a time on the, on the right was, was a beach that just looked like it went on for days. I just remember being, being in awe of of how glorious, you know, our creation is and just how grateful I am to be able to sit in that and experience it. With regards to 
having experiences like that and mm -hmm. not necessarily taking out your phone or your camera and taking, you know, 47 photos. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's wonderful to do exactly what you did and just stop and say, I'm just going to enjoy this yeah. for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to get a photo of it right now. Maybe later I can, but right now yeah. I'm just going to connect with something that is infinitely bigger than me, whether that's nature or whether it's your belief in spirituality or, or religion or whatever it is, just take the time mm -hmm. out and disconnect from your phone, disconnect from the need to take a photo and connect with something yeah. else, some, something else that it's going to give you far more than that. Yeah. One of the, one of the great quotes that I, I love on your blog is, in every dream journey, there comes a mm -hmm. moment when you have to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. I think mm -hmm. that's just a wonderful way to look at life because so many people yeah. that I coach are allowing fear to stop them and mm -hmm. we all have fear it's about how we deal with it and yeah. what you most desire is just on the other side of the stuff that mm. you fear the most and the only way you get yeah. through it is by actually doing it how did you yeah. find your ability to overcome fear on the Camino I am a naturally driven and competitive person uh, so I that quote really resonated with me because I am a risk taker. On the Camino, overcoming was, uh, was yeah, just waking up in the morning and, and going, you know, and uh, just trusting that, that I'd make it, you know, and that I really did, I really enjoyed getting to spend so much time in prayer and, uh, and really hearing from and discovering who God is. Uh, so I think, I think overcoming fear, it came naturally because, I was anticipating that connection. Perseverance is something that that I learned. I didn't it didn't come naturally because I wanted to quit every day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we talked about your highlights of the Camino. Were there any lowlights mm -hmm. for you? Getting tendonitis in both of my ankles was awful. Ooh. And that was like day three, which is why I had to break on four or five. It was really early on just because I hadn't trained properly. Uh, when it rained, it was really uncomfortable. Bed bugs are never fun. Getting to Santiago was interesting though, because I expected it to be like fireworks and excitement and, oh, we made it. But I walked in with a woman that I had met that day and we were both like, oh, it feels like just another stop on the journey, you know, like there's something next that we get to do. So it was really interesting. I stayed there for a few days and just kind of sat in that, like, this isn't the end. It's really just the beginning. So as a takeaway for our listeners, what are three ways that you live your Camino in your everyday life? The first one that I'd say is that it's really not about the destination. You know, just like I was saying, getting to Santiago is a was a little bit of a letdown because I was just anticipating this big ordeal. But it it was so much about the journey and a lot less about the destination. And and that is life, you know, because what is the destination? There's always another day to follow until we're in heaven. So that was really cool. Getting a new job's not the destination, it's part of the journey. And getting married's not the destination, it's part of the journey. Savoring the silence is something that I'm still learning, but just making time every day to pray and to meditate and, and be okay with the silence and be who I am, where I am, and be okay with that instead of always trying to um, hit the next milestone and, and run forward all the time. And then being grateful for everything, 
you know, for how, how beautiful nature is and for new relationships and reconciling old ones and grateful to be surrounded by people that, that love me and who I can love. So those would be the three that, that have really resonated with me the most. Fantastic. You can check out the rest of the lessons that Abby talks about on her WordPress blog, Coffee Crafts and Convo. It's been absolutely fantastic, Abby. Thank you so much for your time. I'm sure our listeners have got a lot out of it. I know I certainly have. And as usual, Ah. buen camino. Thank you so much. Buen camino.